where do we get the question from that we need something other than Jesus? Um, and he's telling a story of where uh, we're in Brazil and in a bus um, arrives of kids and there is a, where there's space for eight kids but all of these kids been piling out of the bus and it's a family full of children. And these kids spend hours and hours praying, having encounter with Jesus. They just spend hours and hours from, from this young age just worshiping him. And so where does the idea come from that we need more than Jesus? He is enough for you. He is enough for me. But I believe that sometimes we have not learned to enter into these type of encounters with Jesus. And that is why sometimes our hearts or our thoughts, they go somewhere else looking to try and fill ourselves with something else. Something that is not Jesus. Could be material things, could be a relationship, could be friendships, could be money, whatever it is. None of those things are bad on their own. But all of those things in your life have a purpose. And that purpose is not that they're supposed to fill the needs of your heart and your soul. Outside, we have the vision of Kaleo. And the vision is to see a generation in love with Jesus. Because we believe that that is everything that we need to be so fully in love with him. To receive of his love and to fall deeper in love with him. Because that is what will fill every need of the areas of your heart. In John 20, do you have a Bible? <laughs> Let's see who gets the Bible out that's not their phone. <laughs> Don't worry, I also have my tablet. <laughs> no judgment. <laughs> I've got both. Normally you're quicker with the, with the app anyway. <laughs> so we're going to John 20. 19 to 23. There it says, On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for the fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And when he breathed on them, he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. <laughs> Thank you for your grace with my Spanish. <laughs> and so Jesus said to them one more time, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Does anyone here know what happens at the beginning of the book of Acts? Jesus dies on the cross. He comes back to life three days later. And because of what he did for us, we can celebrate the baptism because we know that we are going to spend eternity with him. Amen. But some days after, after his resurrection, he spent some time with the disciples. And he shows them the, the wounds in his hands to, to strengthen their faith in those days. 
And he always pointed towards the fact that there would be one day when he would go, but he was going to send the Holy Spirit. And it's so important that you stay in unity. And so I want to suggest here, the disciples, maybe they weren't, this is this perfect loving family group, because with no conflicts, because when we read the Bible, we see that they had their issues. But Jesus is saying, stay in peace with one another, in unity and prayer. And in this place, I will pour out the Holy Spirit. And then, in, in Acts 2, we read about the promise that we encounter in the Old Testament, that the one day the Holy Spirit will come and not just touch a few. I don't know how you are with the Holy Spirit, I'm sometimes scared that in, in church we talk to him about him. It's like this special encounter with the, with the Holy Spirit. It's just for the super Christians, the only the ones that have been baptized. But I want to suggest to you that actually the Bible, he says that you meet the heart of the Father, where it says, I want to pour out my Holy Spirit. So what's going to happen if I just make a hole in the pool, in the pool from the baptism? And then I won't be able to control the water. We were a little bit scared of filling it this morning. <laughs> we're not going to do it. But when he says, I'm going to pour out, it's like when you have a water bottle and you pour out the water. It's very difficult to try and make a bottle. He says, receive freely of my Holy Spirit. And this is the heart of the Father God. He has declared hundreds, thousands of years before, this is my heart. My heart is that the Holy Spirit will be, the God himself will be able to fill you, from your head to your, to your feet, from your dreadlocks to your feet, full. That is the heart of the Father. But why is it that sometimes we, have a, we miss an encounter with him? Let's jump to another verse in a different story. Let's look to, the, to Ezekiel 47. Here we go to a vision that Ezekiel has. And he talks about a temple. That from that temple, a river is running. But I believe that this story is the key of what we need to learn today to enter into the deeper things that he has. Because there it says to us that Ezekiel is invited. Let's see what it says in, in the Spanish version. Fifteen, 15 minutes, minutes. I did this maths one day. So if you walk four kilometers for an hour, If, if my maths is right, 15 minutes of walking, the, the river that is um, described here is not a small river. And I know that here in Spain, sometimes it's hard to imagine this. In Germany, there's a lot more rain, and so we have big, strong rivers. Here, sometimes when you go to on holidays and you go over a bridge, and it's called the dry river, and it's a dry river. <laughs> But this river isn't dry. This river is full of water. And so Ezekiel has to walk around these 15 minutes, 10 minutes, until the, the water is only up to his ankles. 
So in the north of Germany, where there's the, the ocean and whether the water is coming or going, you can walk, you can walk, you can walk. But be careful when the tide comes in. And this is the story of Ezekiel. God invites him. Is this enough just to be up to your feet in the water? Or do you want more? And so another 10 minutes of walking, 15 minutes of walking, and the water is up to his knees. And then another 15 minutes. Wow, he's already walked 45 minutes, and the water is subbing and subbing, and it's up to his hips. It's then up to his shoulders. And then it says there's a point where it's no longer possible to cross the river walking. A few weeks ago, I said to the students about a story from when I was a young man. I'm not that old, but when I was younger. <laughs> I was in Germany and a friend of mine, when you have a lot of energy, you have these ideas and you don't know how to control them. And so we were climbing and we had this great idea to not just go climbing indoors, but to do a triathlon with everything. And so we we went home, and from there we said, okay, let's go for a run. So they went for a run and through the villages, along the river. And my mom told us, just before we left, she says, run, 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 three, three kilometers, and you'll get to a bridge where you can cross the river to then be able to get to the city where you want to run to. And so we ran and we ran and we ran. But the story is not in August. This story is in, in winter. Like November, January kind of time. And it was absolutely freezing. And we're running and we're running and we're running and we could not find the bridge. And so the best idea that these two young boys had was we're going to swim. <laughs> it doesn't matter about the cold. It doesn't matter about we don't have a change of clothes. We're going to swim. So with the clothes and the shoes in one hand and with the other hand swimming, we tried to cross the river. But this is what happened. We entered the river and we, at one side, and we came out at the other side, five meters lower. One, because it's hard to swim with one hand. And the second is, as a good friend, I sent my friend first. <laughs> this is how we are. <laughs> it's a great adventure. You go first. <laughs> and I remember, he uh, steps into the water, two steps, and there was no more floor below, beneath his feet. He went under. And all you could see, <laughs> it was a quick moment, where all you could see were his, his clothes above the water. And I want to suggest to you, this river. It's not a river where Ezekiel was able to control everything. He arrived at a point where it says he could not cross. He could not cross the water walking. And so they experienced, just like me and my friend, that in this water, your, your mind changes, your mentality changes. How can I get out? How can I survive? How do I go? And there is a reason in the baptism why it's not just a little drops of water, but why we go under the water. It's because 
In baptism, we have a great image that it's not just an image, it's actually it's a truth that Jesus says to us that it is a cleaning of our lives. And then Jesus takes the same word of baptism and he wants to explain it to the disciples how this life with the Holy Spirit is going to be. And he takes the same word where the disciples have understood when I went under the water, I was completely underneath and I couldn't believe, I, was, I couldn't breathe, I was under the water. Jesus takes the same image of baptism as a reference of the river that Ezekiel is in. And he says, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and now it's just going to be waters only up to your ankles. It's not going to be water that just goes to your knees. And when you don't want to, you just leave. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, it looks in a way that we allow the Holy Spirit to take all control of our lives. And we say, come, come with more of your presence, Holy Spirit. But for me, it's very in interesting that here in John 20, what, we, what Jesus breathed over the disciples saying, receive the Holy Spirit. And then he spoke to them about a of the Holy Spirit. And then he doesn't stop. In the book of Acts 4, it says that after the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the disciples are together again, praying again for a, for a new boldness in the Holy Spirit. And it says the Holy Spirit came and he filled them again. And so I want to suggest to you that the Holy Spirit is not it's not like a sticker that you just put on your t-shirt and say, I have it. It says, Manu, full of the Holy Spirit. It's not like this. It's the Holy Spirit. God himself wants to fill you again and again and again. Until a point where you don't even control anymore. In Ephesians 5, it talks about, about the wine alcohol and it says do not get drunk on wine I'm sorry Spaniards <laughs> don't fill yourself on wine fill yourself with the Holy Spirit it's not the normal that everyone accidentally gets drunk I didn't want to on the way to work I don't know what happened I ended up drunk <laughs> you take a glass of wine and a glass of wine and a glass of wine and I want to suggest that when God said to us here in Ephesians, get drunk on the Holy Spirit, or in other words, fill yourself with the Holy Spirit, he is saying that you can learn to fill yourself with the Holy Spirit in the same way as you can decide to drink a wine and decide to you want more and more and drink. And this is what I would like to talk about today. Some of you guys have heard my testimony. A few years ago, many years ago, I gave my life to Jesus. But then I have incredible encounters with him. I started to see visions. I didn't know that this was prophecy because my church didn't talk about prophecy. But for me, it was just normal. I was a small boy at this time, and it was just normal. God talks to me, clearly. He talks to his sheep, I'm a sheep, good. <laughs> but I got to a time where I heard of encounters with the Holy Spirit. 
that with people that experienced it in a way that they could not control. They couldn't control it anymore. And I said, if these encounters are real, if this is possible, and I have not got it yet, there are two options. I can start to judge these people or I can start to be hungry. And hungry is much hunger is much wiser to respond with hunger. Every time you read of something that God wants to do in your life through the Bible, or you see a person being used by God that you've not seen in your life yet, there is an option to be judging them, or you can be hungry that the same thing happens in your life. Because every time that God does something, it comes with a message, a testimony, saying that he wants to do it again. And that's why in the Old Testament, again and again and again, they shared the testimony of what God was doing with Moses, with Abraham, because every time that he did something for Israel, he wanted to do it again. And so I traveled all across the world because of my close friends, that the, the closest people I could hear of that were living in the power of the Holy Spirit were in Brazil. I didn't know anyone in my city. But I read a book by Heidi Baker and I heard about the, the move of God that was happening. And so I, I went to Brazil, met my wife there. It was a great video trip. <laughs> but it was a good trip because God allowed me to understand and grow in hunger. Why is it that sometimes we say, fill me Holy Spirit, but nothing happens? I don't know. But I do believe there are barriers. I believe that a lifestyle that is very deep in sin can create walls in your life. I do know that Jesus still loves you in those situations and he wants to break through and he wants to tear down the walls. I know that there are barriers you can put in your life to separate yourself from the move of the Holy Spirit. But instead, this is what, what happened. I went to Brazil and one of the first nights of worship in all of the room, people started to fall and to laugh in the Holy Spirit because you know what the Holy Spirit is? Joy. <laughs> and so the, uh, many of the reactions to the Holy Spirit is that people start laughing. But in the whole room, people were being touched by the Holy Spirit. And me, the only German in the room, stood still. Feet firmly on the floor. I didn't feel a thing. I didn't move. I was there. And I said, what's happening here? Why is it here? What's happening here? Why, why is it not touching me? And so I, I went up to one of the, the leaders there, one of the life group leaders, and I said, Hudson, tell me, why is it that everyone else is being touched by the Holy Spirit, but I'm not? Is there a sin in my life? Is there an error? Is there something I'm not seeing? Is there something you can teach me? And he said to me, no, don't worry, just relax. My first reaction is always to go to Jesus and say, is there something you want to correct that I need to adapt in my life and allow him to speak? But if the, he doesn't say there's something, then I don't stress. I don't worry. He said there was nothing there. And he says, don't go after a manifestation. Go after the Holy Spirit. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I promise that you will meet him in deeper ways. Because when you are in the river of God and you start to walk, 
you are going to reach deep waters. But Ezekiel needed to walk half an hour, 45 minutes, until he reached the point where there was no more control. And that's sometimes how it felt in those three months. A few days ago, one of the students asked me, why? Why did you have to wait so much time? That's a really good question. I don't know. But what I didn't do in that time is to start to make myself feel guilty that it's my fault that I'm not doing it. This is why it's not happening. No. I believe that it's an invitation in all of the Bible is to have a trust in my Father and in His heart. If there is something for Him to, to, to correct, He will tell me. If there are no games where I have to try and guess what I'm doing wrong, He will tell me because He is a good Father and He did not say anything. And so for three months, He just allowed me to, to cultivate hunger in my heart because hunger is beautiful. For three months, every morning, I got up an hour or two earlier than everyone else and begin to seek his presence. And I thought, I'm going to just keep seeking. I'm going to seek Jesus. I'm going to seek his face. I'm going to seek his presence. And maybe, and, and one day, this, this, and I know that one day, this filling of the Holy Spirit will come, this baptism will come. But it actually happened very different to how I experienced or how I expected. A few months later, I was just lying in Brazil. I didn't sleep in a bed, I slept in a hammock. <laughs> it was brilliant. It's incredible to, to sleep in a hammock. I love it. And so I was sleeping there in the hammock at 11, 12 o'clock at night. I wanted to go to sleep. And just then, my arm starts to shake. And I was like, I want to sleep. <laughs> What's happening here? And this happened two or three nights until something in my mind realized, wait, this is what is happening in the worship to everyone else. God, is, is this you? I don't know, is this you? And I, I was careful. But for three months, I was seeking and seeking and seeking more of his presence. After three months, I think the school had finished. What is the best place to pray? A football pitch. <laughs> I, the school, we had a football pitch. And no one was playing. And I just wanted some space and time with God. So I went to the middle of the football pitch. I lied down and I lay down. And I just said, Jesus, here I am. And I spent time with him. And then out of nowhere, an energy come in, started to fill my body. I started to shake until the point that I could not control my body. But inside of me, a fire and a call of a father, Abba God, more, mass, more, 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 Abba Father, more. And I don't know how much time I was there, one or two hours, I was just shaking on the football pitch. And the only thing I could pray was, Father God, more of you. And you know what the Bible says? Do you know what the work of the Holy Spirit is in you? One of his works is one of the descriptions of the Holy Spirit is that he's going to cry out, Abba, 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 in the most in the most closest, intimate way, Papa, more of you, Dada, more of you. And I know that this encounter was an encounter with God, not just because of the manifestation, but because I know what the Holy Spirit was doing inside of me. And I know that that is in the Bible. And that's what the Bible says he will do inside of me. And from that day, something strange started to happen. A few days after the school, we went out of the, the school to go for a, a Coke or a drink. 
in a cafe nearby. And I was with some friends, we were talking, and out of nowhere, the person next to me starts shaking. <laughs> and again, and again, and again, it happened to me that people around me started to shake in the presence of God. Because I know that when the fountain, the water of Him, of His presence, fills us, it becomes a fountain, a fountain of agua, of water that flows over. My wife and I, Abby, we did a, a prophetic, um, prophetic training course in Mexico. And in there, there was a guy, a Mexican guy that I'd never prophesied before. So we did 40 minutes of training. This is how you hear God's voice. And this is how it happens. So let's try it together. And the guy that had never prophesied before comes close to me. And to practice, they prophesied over me. And he never prophesied before. He puts his hand on me and he starts to shake. <laughs> and I looked at him and said, what's happening? And he says, I closed my eyes. I saw a fountain of water. And every time this water touched me, I started to shake and I couldn't control it. And I want to suggest that God wants to fill you more than you've experienced up to now and more than you've planned up until now. In the worship, what I heard was this phrase, what is your expected expectation for encounter with God? Because if I pass the microphone right now, I imagine that everyone else, everyone would give me a different response of the depth of encounter that they want to have with him. Some people are going to say, I just want him to speak to me. That would be amazing. I just want to hear his voice. Others will say to me, I want to feel his love. Others might say, I want his fire to consume to the point that I can't control it. Everyone has an expect different expectation of how this encounter with the Holy Spirit can look. And I want to suggest to you that God has more even more. Your biggest, craziest dreams to encounter with God. He has more. Something deeper, something stronger prepared for you. Because when the Father said, I want to pull out my spirit, he said, there are no limits. I am here and I want to fill those that want to be filled. And I'm not going to I'm going to count and say, oh, one more drop, one more drop. I am going to pour out this water over these people, those hungry people. And this is something that I've, I've learned with God. There are some promises of God that are going to happen if you want them to happen or not. One of these promises are, for example, that Jesus will come back one day. Anyone excited for that? <laughs> That's great. You should be excited. But you're excited or not, it's not going to impact whether he comes back or not. He said he's coming back. He's coming back. That's a promise. If you don't want it or not, if you like it or not, he's going to do it. But there are other promises that God wants to bring into your life for the people that are ready and that have hunger. Why? Because God is unjust? No. It's because God is just. God loves to respond every time there is hunger. The reason why someone can go deeper and deeper than others is not because God wants it from one and one for the other. And so it's sad. No. It's because God gives you, allows you 
to cultivate a hunger that he can respond to this hunger. At the end of the day, this hunger is your greatest expression of love that we can have for Jesus. There is nothing greater that expresses love to my wife than if I say, I just want to be with you. My wife is amazing. <laughs> She's amazing, she says. It doesn't matter what we do. <laughs> I just want to be with you. And I'm like, great, let's go climbing. <laughs> Hunger to experience God, hunger to spend time with God, a hunger that says what I experienced yesterday is not enough for today. I desire more of you. It is the greatest and deepest expression of your love that you can have for him. A few weeks ago, we were fasting. Did anyone join us in this fast? Yeah, come on, raise your hands. Yeah, amazing. It was so great to fast with you guys. And you know what happened after this fast? The times of worship, wow, the presence of God was so strong. The students, we were here this Monday, Tuesday. I wanted to start preaching at 11. We didn't, I didn't start preaching until one o'clock in the afternoon because his presence was so strong. Jesus says there's going to be a time when you can fast again. And he said, there is a privilege now. When people ask me, why is it that this encounter, that everyone else had it in the school, but for you it was after the school, why did you have to wait three months? I don't really know or have an intelligent answer why God did it that way. But what I do know, that he allowed me to cultivate hunger. And this is an expression of love. And for that reason, I trust that he did it well. And I want to suggest to you that if you were in a time where you see, wow, I have seen God move like I've never seen him before. Maybe I've seen manifestations of his Holy Spirit, where I've seen miracles, maybe I've seen freedom like never before. And you say, but when is this day going to come that this is coming to my life? I want to suggest to you, there is nothing wrong in the moment of standing with hunger. It is a perfect place to be. It's where God wants us to be. Because at the end of the day, this love and this hunger that says, I want more of you, is the expression, it's the deepest expression of love that we can create in our lives. When me and Abby came to Spain, we spent some time visiting different churches where God was moving because we wanted to honor what God is doing in Spain. I love the move of God in this country. And then when God called us to plant the church, to plant the mission school here, was at the start, we started, we went to a park to pray together and we said, what is it that God is going to build here? And one of the things that we didn't even speak to each other because it was so deep in our hearts is that whatever thing we do, it could be a plant a church, it could, be, it could be start a mission school to send missionaries to the, the places, to the darkest places. It could be to go to the red light and start a ministry there. It could be to give uh, clothes out to the homeless in the streets. Whatever, it doesn't matter what we do. Any one of these areas, 
It has to come and be saturated in his presence. Because he, if he is not there, what are we doing? About a year ago, we were in the streets. <laughs> Many times since then, but a year ago in the streets, we were pray, um, praying and ministering over a guy that lived in the street. And Sophia, one of our students, was praying for him. And Domi, I think that Domi was there too. I think you were there too. But they were there praying for someone in the street. And in the middle of the street, God healed him. He stood up and he said, my pain is gone. This is incredible. And God became real to him in this moment. It wasn't just a story. It wasn't just an idea. It was an experience, an encounter with God. And I want to suggest to you that God never is never tired of encountering, encountering people in creative ways. If it's by a miracle, a physical miracle, if it's through a freedom that you've been desiring for years, if it's because you are shaking on the floor, as the Old Testament says, sometimes the people couldn't even stand up anymore because of the glory of God. That's fine. Enjoy it. But every one of these encounters, God has more every day. But he wants to respond to your hunger. Sometimes he comes if you want or not. He's not as gentleman as we think sometimes. Sometimes he's just going to jump over your wall going to break in and you're going to be able to celebrate and experience his presence but many times he gives you the opportunity to grow in hunger and my question for today is what do you have hunger for what do you want god to do in your life tomorrow what do you want that he does in your life today why because if we stop having hunger we will have less encounters because God loves to respond to our hunger. What is your hunger today? What do you want God to do in your life? I love asking this question when we're in the streets, when we're sharing about Jesus. We don't have tracts or pages or anything like that. We make friends and we talk to people and we pray with them. Because... I know. If, if people have to come to church, that's a long way. Why don't we just pray out there in the streets? So we pray for miracles. We pray for the Holy Spirit to fill them. I remember we were in the university in Hatafe. And I was talking to a young guy that was waiting for his girlfriend, something like that. Or someone to come out of university. And I shared my testimony. And we were talking for a moment. And he started to share with me that he grew up in the Catholic Church and he believed that there was a God out there somewhere, but he didn't have a relationship with God. He didn't really personally know God. And so I shared with him how I had experienced the Holy Spirit. And I, I finished with, the same, with a simple question, would you like to experience the same thing? And he's like, well, why not? Sure. He didn't say andale. That's a Mexican word and we're in Spain. <laughs> he said, yes, I want that. And so I said, Andale, because I came from Mexico, open your hands. And he opens his hands. And I put my hands over his. And I prayed a simple prayer. Jesus, thank you for what you did in my life. I pray that you will show this man the same. And I look at him and I say, what happened? And he says, when you prayed for me, it's like something, something happened. He didn't have words to describe it. He's like, something happened. And I said, was it like a, like a heat? And he's like, yeah, it was like a fire that built me. 
And he's like, did you like it? Yeah. Do you want more? Yeah, okay. So he prayed again. Father, Holy Spirit, fill him with more of your fire. And he begins to experience and describe how this fire of the Holy Spirit fills his body. Now, he couldn't tell me that God didn't exist because he just encountered him. And I want to suggest to you that God wants to meet you again and again and again with his presence. In Ephesians, when it says that we should drink of the Holy Spirit, this filling of the Holy Spirit that he's talking about is when you look at the root of this word in the Greek, it says this word of filling is not just a drink of water and then it's full forever. It's a drink and drink again constantly, 24 hours a day, filling yourself with his Spirit because he again and again and again has a new encounter for you. And your privilege in this time is to experiencing his presence, is to stay, keep our hearts in a place where we grow and we cultivate this hunger for Jesus, for the move of the Holy Spirit, that Father can embrace us so that we can see more every day. There are so many keys that the Bible gives us of how you can fill yourself. But today, I just want to share this one. And this first one is hunger. To have hunger, because this hunger reflects the love that we have for him. Jesus. Mm. Is anyone hungry? <laughs> yeah. Mary, could you play? Thank you. This is what we're going to do, guys. Before we eat. <laughs> Mary's going to play some worship. And with all freedom, I want to invite you to start to grow in hunger. I heard something amazing. Hunger for God. I might need some translation here. Hunger for God is not to die of hunger. When we have hunger for God, you know where the fridge is. <laughs> you know how to eat, where to get food, where to get what you need. But he allows us to have this hunger. <laughs> what do you want God to do in your life? What do you want him to move in your life? We're just going to take a moment to worship. For anyone that wants, there's much, a lot of space here at the front. We've tried out the water, don't worry. Come and take this space. I actually think it helps to physically take a step of faith to express your hunger, not just a thought, but to physically express, I want more of you, God. And this, if it helps you, the space here at front, come and find your space. Let's start to call out for more of him. Because I feel like we have seen incredible encounters in these past few weeks, but I believe that God is calling us to guard this hunger because there is not a better or healthier place than to be standing in hunger and love for God.
And so as an act of worship, let's express this heart of hunger for more of him.